Manufacturer Podcast. Today, overworked, overtired, but over my dead body were we going to miss a podcast episode. We've dragged ourselves to the end of the week in order to tell you all about our week. Was it worth it? I don't know. Let's find out. And in case you get bored of that, some clarity from Super Cool Clearly Drinks. Looking to right some wrongs when it comes to sustainable practice in the drinks industry. Here we go again. What's happening, listener? Happy Friday and bash! I'm joined by Joe Bush, bash. Bash. I'm joined by <laughs> Lana Dima, bash. <laughs> Sorry, you really throwing me off there. And I'm joined by James Devonshire, bash. Bash. <laughs> <laughs> Morning, guys. Oh, this is the first time that we've actually recorded on a friday so this is going to be it's going to be interesting um how is everyone doing on this fine morning or well what afternoon for james right and pretty much for weekend for you mate over in the philippines yeah for 25 p.m on friday afternoon so i am already into the weekend uh, as you're starting your day sorry about that let's start in familiar fashion shall we um if anyone caught last week's episode, you'll know that James had an outbreak of chicken pox in his household. So how's that looking now? Is that cleared up? Uh, yeah, thankfully, we're uh, we're pretty much back to normal, Tom. Uh, my beautiful wife can now once go out of the house once again, and the kids are back at school. So thank pox for that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's good. I, had to, I, had to, I had to look this up, right? And just... From a very brief glance of Google, I didn't get an answer. I didn't actually look into it. Chicken pox has got nothing to do with chickens, right? No. Um, I think I Googled this actually the other week, and what I found, I basically just disregarded because I thought it was bollocks, really. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I can't even remember what it was. But it was something to do <laughs> with. I well, you, saw, <laughs> you saw something that was, that was spreading fault, like fake news about chicken pox. Well, yeah, it was like the origins of the name or something. Yeah. So, but, I mean, do we know from... why it's called chicken pox? Oh, God. I wish you'd have asked me this before. I mean, look, what I would say, it's it's not essential. We, 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 we've got we've got plenty to get through. No, we but, it's, but, it's, to... in, but it's, in, it's important. <laughs> it's like Bombay Duck. <laughs> you what? Bombay Duck. You used to get it on, uh, you used to get it on Indian restaurant menus as like a like an that's appetizer right. but it wasn't duck it's like dried fish oh, so no one right. really knows why it was called bombay duck oh weird maybe, maybe maybe they ran out of ducks yeah bombay duck actually sounds delicious right, right, yeah, well, it's while... not it's awful right while james tries to get to the bottom oh sorry yeah so here sorry yeah sorry 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 i've got it i've got it i've got it so yeah this is this is the theory that i just think is rubbish that they're apparently it's called chicken pox because the the welts that you get on your skin look like chickpeas, garbanzo beans. But for me, that's just like, yeah, nah. Yeah, I don't like that. No, I don't like that. I don't either. either. I think I know, for me, another theory is that it's because that it looks like if you got pecked by, like, let's say you got attacked by like a thousand chickens and they pecked the shit out of you. Right, that's that's it's going to look probably more like that, right? So I, I like that idea let's, better. Let, yeah, let's say let's say you were overwhelmed by chickens, 
that's <laughs> that's a <laughs> much better. It's much better, isn't it? I mean, well, let's face it. When the I mean, when the name was probably first coined, no one had ever seen a chickpea. It, well, exactly. Let alone in a can. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, no, no. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the marauding chickens theory. Yeah, myself. yeah. I'm just I'm just imagining that someone getting absolutely off a load of chickens. By a, by a, a, what is the collective term for a group of chickens? A nightmare. A nightmare. Yeah, a pet, a pet of chickens. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but yeah, so that's that's what I'm going with. Okay, that is yeah. another theory, and that's the one I'm I'm backing. If I like if I was it. a betting man, all right. I like that one. Let's go for that. A question for Joe. Have you received adequate piss-taking from our loyal podcast listenership for referring to Coke as pop? That was another thing to come out of last week's episode. Well, I think there was adequate piss-taking from you guys, really. Quite right. I didn't really really need anything else. But I I discovered another another (laughs) one that that I fall into as well. Okay, question for you three. If you go out for the evening to one of those big buildings where they show films on a big screen, you go to the cinema. cinema. You're going to no. say the movies. No, I'm not. Pictures? I... Yeah, I say the pictures. Oh, no, you're, you're wrong. No. You're wrong, but it's it's all right. You're wrong, but yeah, it's the cinema. I've always said go to yeah, but cinema and movies just sound so American. I always just say ever since I was a no. kid, just say I'm going to the pictures. Yeah, that's what my dad well, says. Or you can say I'm going, the up, go, I'm going to the I'm going to the flicks. I'm going to the flicks. Oh no! The flicks, the flicks. Oh no! I, I actually, I yeah, I, yeah. It's oh, one of the it's one of the annoying things that I say, and I say it, and I and I wince to myself. Like, oh, God, <laughs> why have you said that? Yeah. I would sooner say flicks than pictures, though, right? I mean, it's essentially yeah, the same it's, thing. It's, but... it's the cinema. Come on, it's a noun. It's the cinema. I mean, mm. you saying flicks, Tom, is basically like saying, "Have you got your steps in today?" <laughs> <laughs> Which why is Tom the, why is... also hates. Oh, man. Oh, so... do you? Oh, I ju- well, look, everyone says it, and I'm, I'm sure I've said it at some point. Yeah, you did. Right. You said it when we were walking to... Well, yeah, no, no, but I only, I only, say, I only say it ironically now, right? <laughs> I only say it ironically. But it, you're guaranteed, if you're walking in a group of people, you're guaranteed someone's going to say it. Like, oh, getting our steps in today. Do you know the most infuriating thing, Tom? Actually, it's not that infuriating. I'm totally exaggerating. But um, like when you've got kids, like I have, and we went to we went to Manila a few weeks ago, and we walked around the museums. Imagine walking around the museums with five kids. I mean, it's it's no mean feat whatsoever. And my Fitbit, I thought, right, I'm going to get an absolute shit ton of steps in today, okay? <laughs> but because I was pushing a push chair, it didn't register because my hands <laughs> were on this push chair, okay? And so I wasn't doing like the normal bobbing up and down and waving your hands slightly by your hips and i got back to the ho- we got back to the hotel and i went right let's check this what like 1500 steps i was oh. livid <laughs> that's terrible because i like... know i mean somebody needs to do de- some all the manufacturers designers out there somebody yeah. needs to design a fitbit other brands are available that tracks steps when you're pushing a push chair well it's because your heart rate isn't up enough like that that sometimes happens to me if I go for like a really slow walk and I find it also very infuriating and like but yeah I, it's basically because your heart rate isn't high enough it doesn't like I register didn't, I didn't think it did on your heart rate I think I thought it did on movement and like your hands flapping to, well, by your sides to be fair because I, I mean me just me just me pushing so pushing a bloody push chair around the museum say, in Manila that gets my heart rate up more than me just walking on my own it's strange that it doesn't register if your hands are kind of not doing anything. 
It would yeah, be based know. on what your lower body's doing. Would it not? So, Ray, so, it, yeah, something to investigate. Joe just said it, it depends on what your lower body is doing. So if I had like Elvis <laughs> hips while I was while I was pushing a pushchair around the Natural History Museum in Manila, it might have registered. Yeah, do a bit of tap dancing next time you're out with a pushchair, and then you just, yeah, I'll, see what happens. So I'll, I'll try moonwalking if, backwards. Yeah, yeah. If there's any any semiconductor manufacturers out there that got an idea of why Fitbits I other devices know. are available type devices don't register if you've got you know static yeah. hands Let- that's one for the next series right because technology is the next series so yeah, yeah, of course. we're going to have to get someone going to have to get someone on that find, let's answering find the big tech questions we're like the podcast equivalent of tomorrow's worlds I'll end this section then on saying that I had a, I had a mouse in my room this morning right has, has anyone ever had that yeah, had, we used to have cats. We used to, used to bring in the odd mouse. Yeah, but de- dead ones, right? Like no, no, no. Born alive one once. Oh, oh Jesus! I, I, I want to trump. I want to trump you there because we quite often wake up with snakes in our bedroom. Uh, oh, yeah. So do I. The thing is, well, you, well <laughs> <laughs> hang on. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. No, I mean yeah. real snake. You don't let the snake sleep in the bed with you, God. No, obviously not. What you wake up and you wake up and it's just got out of its tank. It's just like sat on the floor. (laughs) I mean, eating some cornflakes. Talking wild snakes. Come on. Yeah, but they're all right, right? They're just like. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, you wake up and there's like a king cobra at the end of your day. Yeah, no, that is actually terrifying. It has actually happened. James, not no, no, no. Not king cobras. I mean, actually, I actually know quite a lot about snakes because I've researched it. Um, but yeah, we do get king cobras where we That's... live and other and other types of cobras. But the snakes we mostly get in our house are called wolf snakes. Um, are they are they venomous? No, no, no. They they eat the lizards. Our house is inundated with lizards, and they oh, eat the good. lizards. Oh, good. So they're okay. So this mouse was trying to eat some of our um, salted caramel chocolate buttons. So. You know, this is this is more of a pest than than the snakes, right? Sounds like a choosy mouse. Yeah, yeah, it passed up on the jelly babies and 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 went straight for the salted caramel chocolate buttons. I I was like lying in bed and it's like it it woke me up before my alarm went off. It just sounded like someone was like in the corner of a room eating some crisps, and I I was like, "What the the is happening here?" And then yeah, my 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 girlfriend was like, Katie was like, "Ah, it's a mouse." And she saw it like scuttle back behind the um, like behind the, the sink in our room. They can get through. Like I looked at like the crack that it must have got through. It was literally like a it was like a pencil. It was so thin. They're weird, man. They're so weird. The mouse is still at large. Well, look. I, w- what I think. I mean, we're we're gonna lay down a trap. But I should stress, it's a it's a humane trap, right? It's not one that you stick cheese in and it snaps and like a cartoon one and, and kills a little bastard yeah um it's a humane one i i'm not quite sure exactly what it does Re- reads its last rites before it whacks <laughs> yeah. it on the head or something it may have just scuttled back from whence it came to be honest just to pick up on that as well you said you said that the sink in your room i mean do you live in a kitchen <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, do you sleep in a kitchen? I was all... We've got like ha- we've got like half an ensuite, right? So like we don't we don't have a toilet, but there's like a, a sink for like you know we can like brush it and like a mirror in the corner. So it's so it's, yeah, that's that's why there's a sink. Cheers, mate. JD's just held up a, a glass of gin. 
Jesus, that's strong. Sorry, let me just let me just let me just uh, elaborate. My wife just brought me a gin, and Coke Coca Cola here is actually cheap is is actually more expensive than the gin. So my wife pop. was like seventy five percent gin, yeah, and twenty five percent pop. <laughs> so yeah, it's like hey. this is like it's like a, yeah, because it's cheaper. Why not? So you've got gin and Coke. Gin oh, and yeah. Coke Zero. Yeah. Hang on a minute. Gin that's and Coke a bit, Zero. That's a bit left field. Why is it? What's wrong with gin and Coke? You have vodka yeah. and Coke. You have rum and Coke. Why not gin? Yeah. Gin has a totally different sort of taste to. Yeah, but you're, 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 you're talking about proper. You're, you're, you're talking about proper gin that's come from juniper berries, like Gilby's and nice gin. I'm talking about like chemical shite, which has come <laughs> from some factory in Manila. Guys, I'm going to um, check out some headlines uh, for us and for the listener to potentially become a reader. AMTE Power announces recycled copper agreement. AMTE Power, they're a manufacturer of lithium-ion and sodium-ion battery cells for specialist applications in growing markets. And it's announced it's partnering with Calpac Resources Limited, which is developing technology derived from green hydrogen manufacturing to refine copper from industry scrap. AMTE has signed a Memorandum of Understanding, which will allow them to explore the use of Calpac Resources recycled copper technology. Elsewhere, we've got a nice feature from the most recent magazine edition, War in Ukraine, the Supply Chain Impact. This story actually sits in our leadership section. The war in Ukraine is now well over a year old. The conflict has brought about disrupted supply chains and shortages of raw materials. Elena Frandino, Managing Director of Managing Director at Sedamil, shares her thoughts on the impact on food and beverage manufacturers. Every manufacturer has been left to rethink ways to achieve viability and sustainability because those imports have become less certain. And more than two-thirds, 68% of business leaders believe that the country is heading towards a green skills shortage. Oh no! A poll of 500 business decision makers found 57% believe these specialised skills are important to their business. Many are struggling to find skilled staff, particularly in areas of sustainable engineering and sustainable finance. To plug this gap more than one in four, 27%, are actively identifying opportunities and anticipating future business needs. That story can be found in our People and Skills section. Anything to add on any of that, guys? Any stories that you've come across recently that you wanted to share in addition to some of those headlines? I've got, I've got one uh, today, actually. Um, Orbex, you know, Orbex, the space company, They've mm. begun. They've begun work on their on the UK's first vertical launch spaceport uh, up, Ooh, in, nice. up in Scotland, and yeah, they've they've broken ground. Um, so yeah, it's another potentially big step forward for UK space. Uh, we might have a vertical launch facility sometime in the near future. And obviously, we had the disappointment with Virgin Orbit back in January, which, by the way, was caused by a faulty fuel filter. So, like, the biggest space project the UK's ever seen was called... Basically, didn't happen because of a Friday night fuel filler. So, yeah, yeah big, big news from Orbex. 
um, Spaceport, Broken Ground. Watch this space. We will be reporting on that going forward. Absolutely. I mean, it's nothing to do with sustainability, but 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 interesting uh, to, 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 to throw in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, put it this way: when when they launch rockets, they're going to use a f- ton of fuel, which is yeah. going to be really, really unsustainable. So yeah. it is kind of sustainability linked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that that, that is true. Um, I wanted to, to touch on some of the headlines we've mentioned there. Right, I never knew so much stuff was sourced from like Russia and from Ukraine. So, like, is that like is that really the case, or are businesses just making up excuses? This was an actual question asked of me by my uncle Pat. And he works at Sellafield. You know the big nuclear plant up in Cumbria. Is 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 that like is that really a thing? Like because a lot of stuff does all of a sudden seem to have have come from like from from Russia in particular, right? And obviously it looks bad now to do business with Russia. Well, I think what a lot of people don't realise is just how big Ukraine is. It's absolutely uh, well, enormous. Yeah. It's the second uh, yeah. largest country in Europe, second only to Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. it um, because it's one of its main industries is agriculture. It's it's kind of it's been known as previously as the breadbasket of Europe because that's right. Um, to throw some um, stats at you, before the war, it it, it produced fifty percent of the planet's sunflower seed oil, eighteen percent of its barley, sixteen percent of um, global maize production, twelve percent of its wheat. So it, it is responsible for an enormous amount of um, you know key key food food production. And Druck was saying, you remember Lana Druck were like reporting issues in in supply. This is a, a, a article I've just written for the next edition of the Manufacturing Magazine, and a lot of the metals that they use for semiconductors, and actually a lot of their electrical products as well, they're all sourced from those sorts of regions, from like from Russia and Ukraine as well. So, mm. also some another like important stat: um, Russia is the world's biggest uh, producer of vodka. Okay, which yeah, is why um, you're drinking gin. Yeah, which is why I'm drinking gin because <laughs> yeah, because I mean vodka's hard to get hold of at the moment. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. Just, 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 uh, just, just, just alcohol related. Absolutely not. Will I edit that out? No, no. Th- thank you for thank you for informing us of that. Um, the green skills headline is is kind of a, a weird one to me as well, right? Sixty eight percent of business leaders saying that the country is heading towards a a green skills shortage. This is research actually from our from our friends at Michael Page. I guess while people show a, a lot of interest in sustainability and environmental impact generally, finding solutions to these problems, it, it's a little bit more technical, right, than like just having a passion for something, like just saying I'm passionate about the environment. When you actually get into the technicalities of it, actually kind of like trying to cut carbon footprint in businesses and that kind of thing, these are skills, right? These are skills you have to study for. These are, and they're kind of, you know, they're rooted in science and you have to learn about them, right? I think like you, I was quite shocked to hear that headline, to be honest, because all of this stuff is spoken about so much now and yeah. there's so much focus on it by businesses. Like if you think about Gripple, for example, obviously um, Natasha is their first ever sustainability manager so like i think she has a couple of people working around what are you guys laughing at oh friend no 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 to be fair to be fair tash came tash life came to mind straight away when when i read that story like you're acting like i'm talking about natalie (laughs) like i'm not i'm talking about someone else 
She's yeah. going to be at MDS, Lana. Are you excited? Yes. Who not? Are you? <laughs> Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I am. Yeah, she's no, she's good value. She's great. Uh, Natalie from Vita Group. Yeah. But I wasn't talking about her. I was talking about our young manufacturer of the year awardee. <laughs> winner. 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 Yeah, winner. Um, or just young manufacturer of the year. Yeah. Yeah. All that. She's the first ever person that they have appointed. You know, to have their job solely focus on. Mm. sustainability so surely it's her correct me if i'm wrong but isn't her background like she, she's like a she did a phd in this stuff right like um, so i don't think she might have done it um like a bit later down the line but i don't think it was initially on her i can't remember I speak to a lot of people to be honest me too i'm i'm saying this like it's fact and 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 it may and it may well not be. We are seeing we are seeing that more and more though, right? Whereas before, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. sustainability might have just been given to something for the HR person to do, yeah, or mm. the health and safety person to do. But now it's it's yeah. becoming a a dedicated role um, and being moved up to up to C suite level. I mean, I remember when I uh, spoke to I think it was is it Ben Ben Goodair from from Renishaw, You know, he said when he started off, his his remit was just basically going around telling people to put stuff in the right bins. But now, yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, now he, now he's kind of, you know, an, an integral part of kind of C-suite discussions as, uh, you know, on, on around how the business moves forward. So it's it really is like a a, de- a dedicated role and an important one. Well, this stuff is going to tie in quite nicely to the next interview that we've got. So before we move on to that, just to remind you that to read more of these stories, like the Headlines you've just heard that are on the manufacturer website currently. We're offering unlimited access to digital content for just £5 a month. That includes an optional subscription to the manufacturer magazine for UK readers. There you can read articles penned by myself, by Joe, by James, by Lana, and by some of the best industry analysts in the business. Just £5 a month, right? Unlimited access to the website. Optional subscription to the manufacturer magazine, five pounds a month. Oi, I put a fiver into the f-ing bait club earlier in the week, right? And that got me what? I don't know. To be fair, I ate quite a lot of sausage rolls. They were nice sausage rolls. <laughs> and it's for charity. Yeah, yeah. I know. You, yeah. I mean, you sounded very resentful about that, Tom. Yeah. I was going to say. I'm, I'm just saying, it's five pounds, right? Like, what, what can you buy for a fiver? What can you buy for a fiver? A Very month subscription nowadays. to the manufacturer website is what you can buy for a fiver. It's an absolute steal. Half the price it is. What? Yeah, I don't even know what that even means. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving it on to the last section of the episode. Suzanne Wright is the sustainability lead for Clearly Drinks. And as mentioned, this follows on a bit from what we were just talking about, because Suzanne's background it is more around marketing and strategy. But but we often see, right, that sustainability is a part of that overall business strategy. So Suzanne works closely with the company's environmental director. This interview gives a little bit of insight into how that sort of relationship works and how both of those skills come together. We'll also hear about the amazing way that Clearly Drinks manufactures its products. So they're based in Sunderland and the factory that they have there has 
boreholes drilled into the ground that allows Northumbrian spring water to run directly into the factory and straight into their bottles. And we've got to get up and see that, right? Like, I said that we should go. When? I I will go back on our chat and I will find the evidence because I said to you, oh, we should go here. Where is this? And then you started talking about your uni. Yeah. So I, I, I remember. Yeah, that does ring a bell, actually, Clearly Drink. I seem to remember you talking about Clearly Drinks. Uh, did you set up this interview, actually, or did you put me in touch with a person that set up this interview, Lana? No. Oh, all right. But yeah, it is in Sunderland. I, and, and as Lana says, yeah, I went to uni in Sunderland, so I'll take us out. I'm not sure they still do 50p uh, student nights, 50p drinks. I but... think they do if you've got an NUS card. <laughs> I think I've still got one somewhere. I, I update it every year, put a new picture on it, print, ed, edit, edit, edit it and print it out. It does me no good whatsoever in the Philippines. But if ever I find myself in a, uh, a university bar in Sunderland, then it will be absolute gold. <laughs> <laughs> you you might find passes. yourself in a university bar in Birmingham. I may, and I hope to, I hope to. Yeah, hopefully university dorms. Oh, anyway, uh, should we listen to this interview or what? Yeah, let's listen to this interview. Here it is. My title is, is Marketing Strategy Director, um, but ESG sort of got uh, added onto my role a couple of years ago. So um, I also now head up our ESG and sustainability um, part of the business. Really, that was kind of linked to because I looked after the business strategy, the ESG strategy um, needs to form part of that. And also yeah, it's, sure. becoming, it's, it's becoming also very commercial as well. You know, we need to be looking at how do we um, operate with our customers on ESG and um, commercially how we kind of sell ourselves as well. So it kind of all linked together um so i have an environmental coordinator who works for me who's a lot more um techie than me and gives me <laughs> all of the um all of the technical knowledge and all of the um the sort of the more the more complicated uh, parts of it but um i sort of headed headed up and i've i've been on a very very long learning curve in terms of the two year um esg kind of piece and i'm i'm still sort of learning um it's a very sort of complex subject um yeah. and i don't think everyone has all the answers um so i think we're all we're all learning together really i've always been passionate about it and yeah particularly working in in drinks which you know we get a lot of stick being honestly mm, from an yeah. esg point of view um we bottle water uh we can water there's a lot of um you know plastic is the devil and um you know that that is very real and we want i want to be part of sort of changing that narrative and and being on the front foot of doing the right thing now clearly drinks has an interesting approach to to bottling water so it all comes from spring water right from northumbrian spring water and the only time that spring water deviates from its natural path is when it's actually well when it actually comes into your factory right so i mean tell us a little bit more about that and has that always been the approach that spring to bottle um not from the beginning so the company's always had its origins in soft drinks but it goes back to sort of the old coca-cola model when at yeah. the start of the business it was much more pharmaceutical um a much sort of smaller carbonated soft drinks kind of business 
we sunk the first borehole in the 1980s when we moved to the site that we're currently on. And ever since then, we've been bottling spring water. Um, we now have three boreholes on site um, and every one of our drinks is made now from, from spring water. I think what we're really proud of is is we don't tanker our spring water anywhere. Mm. You know, it comes up from the ground, it gets bottled or canned, and then it's straight to uh, the store or the customer. That's obviously a, a fantastic um, way of doing things. Could you talk to us a little bit more about some of the company's other sustainability initiatives? Yeah, of course. So um, we're, we're aiming to be net zero by 2035. Um, and as part of that, we're looking to obviously reduce emissions year on year. Um, our first goal is to get our emissions down by another 2% by 2025. Um, we also want to be using recycled plastic as much as we can. So we want 50% pet on our brand by 2025. And we've made a lot of inroads in reducing our plastic usage, um, but there's still more we can do. We have diversified into can on a number of our products, um, but equally, we need to be reducing the plastic of the bottles and we've got mm. a goal for that to reduce that further by, by another 10% by 2025. Um, we're already zero waste to landfill, so we've got to maintain that. And um, we source 95% of our materials from the UK um, and that's really important for us. And, and, and that's really difficult sometimes because commercially, sometimes it makes more sense to go further afield um but to mm. keep our emissions down we do want to stay kind of within the uk for our supplier base as you mentioned earlier this plays into everything right you know we're hearing more and more that sustainability makes real business sense and then from a marketing point of view a sustainable business is just better for a consumer and consumers are going to want to go to that business so have you seen a kind of impact from this approach have you seen um an all-round benefit to the business yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I think from a commercial point of view, we're definitely sort of seen in the eyes of our customers um, as that more local piece. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, global manufacturers around the world um, who ship water over water. And we're very proud of our sort of UK roots. And, and it's definitely become more prevalent for our customer base to want to work um, with people within uh, the UK rather than have to sort of import and that's commercial as well as it is environmental as well. So we've definitely kind of, you know, seen that. Um, you know, we, we have been playing a lot of catch up for the last few years. You know, we, we weren't ahead of the game for sure. So if you sort of talk, look at us three or four years ago, you know, we've now turned that around and we're started, starting to be heralded as, as kind of the leaders a little bit in this field. Um, it benefits because we are an SME. You know, we're not a big corporate. We don't have... The challenges of a multi-site operation so we can be flexible and agile and work quickly and that means that we can make and take action relatively quickly um so we're we're sort of proud of what we've achieved in, in quite a short space of time really um but it, i think to be honest the, the most important thing has been getting our people on board you know we've got to we've had to embed this in our culture and that's been the biggest impact it's it's not so much um how we appear to the rest of the world it's also how we appear to our employees um to get people excited about wanting to um, move the business forward in that way and then really embed it in in our culture and and as part of that we've done a lot of training a lot of sort of environmental yeah. 
training to kind of get people um, on board with that. You know, it's now part of everyone's objectives. Everyone is pulling in the kind of same direction to make sure that environment isn't is on the top of the agenda and sustainability is the top of everyone's agenda that's really the only way we're going to make progress um because i can leap from my soapbox all i like but until everyone is um on board and going in the same direction um well that's the only way we're going to make change well suzanne good luck with it all great to have you on the podcast and great to get your thoughts i know a lot of our listeners will find that very interesting so thank you for your time No problem. Thanks for having me. Right, that's us done. Uh, Just got time to quickly remind you, if you haven't already heard, you should have heard if you're familiar and keeping across uh, our content. We've got two summits coming up in June, the SME Growth Summit and the Manufacturing Digitalization Summit, both taking place over two days in June, the 7th and the 8th, and part of Manufacturing and engineering week it's getting closer gang and it's gonna be great and jd's gonna fly back for it which is always which is always fun i still need to find a a kebab gaff that stays open late for us all to get kebabs yeah, we, need, we, need to, we, need to, we need to be on top of that tom i want a 4am kebab from deliveroo I think well, I think it's I think it's important that Lana is there this year as well because we were yes. a man down for the four AM kebab last year, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lana, Lana ran off. Don't like kebab. Well, you don't have don't, to. You don't, you don't need to. It's about the camaraderie. Yeah, you can have some like chips or something. Yeah. The point is, we all sit there and and talk about other times that we've had kebabs. Four AM yeah. is pretty. I think it was about four forty-five. It was late. Man, yeah. It was nearly five a.m. It was so late. It was early. I actually yeah, I that... don't know how you did that, considering like such full-on days, waking up really early. I think I was just running on adrenaline at the end of it, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think for me, for me, the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel was that five a.m. kebab, which kept me going. I couldn't tell you whether it was nice or not. I don't remember. Uh, no, neither do I. No, it was pretty good. Was it good? Yeah, it was pretty good. It was it was cold. They took like a, they took about three hours to deliver it, but it was pretty good. Anyway, um, that's going to be fun, and you'll hear about it all in in later podcasts. Stick around for the next episode of our sustainability series. That's going to be episode five, and that is going to include mine and Lana's trip to Sweden to visit Swedish manufacturer Ovaco. So that's all to come. Uh, But until then, have a good bank holiday weekend and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bosh. Bosh. Bosh.